started recording. Hold on, hold on. All right, we are now recording. False start. Max Jadwick. Huge. Oh, that was huge. I almost, we almost did it again. Shambles. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Boom or Bust, the draft show. Max Shalik alongside Tate Sigworth and Nick Miriam. So not a scouting report video. Our first mock draft of the 2022 NFL draft. We're very excited about this. A lot of this is going to look horribly wrong by the time April comes around. But we're going to do it anyway. So we're doing a full mock draft. Uh, basically how we're going to do this is there's only three of us now. So two of us get nine teams. One of us gets ten teams. And you do the math right there, and you're like, wait a minute, that's only 28 teams. There are four teams right now in 2022 NFL draft that don't have a first-round pick. Now, we're including the Colts uh-huh. in this draft because Carson Wentz, uh, we are assuming Carson Wentz is not going to play 75% uh, of the snaps, which is what the condition is for that second-round pick to be turned into a first-round pick. So Colts are included in this mock draft, and the draft order is based off the DraftKings Sportsbook. So for anyone – Getting in the comments, being like, how the heck is my team this low? That's not us. That's not us at all. It's because of the DraftKings Sportsbook. We're going off that. We're not saying Texans underrated. Yeah, Texans underrated. Texans Super Bowl contender. PJ's Lions uh, Super Bowl champion this year. So they're number two, but we'll see. Uh, Please follow our Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Boom or Bust Draft. Hit the merch store. uh, And please continue supporting us because support for us. I don't have the Manscaped Razor on me right now. I don't know if either of you do, but I'm going to make the – the buzzing noise. <laughs> I guess we don't have it. It's fine. Uh, it's brought to you. Yeah, neither room. I will just put it in afterwards. It's brought to you by Manscaped. Attention, listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston. Do we have a pew problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet. With the Performance Package 4.0, the orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the two million and three men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code BOOMERBUST. That is BOOMERBUST for 20% off and free shipping with the code Boomer bus at manscaped.com for a clean Trinity and beyond your space balls will thank you. So we're going to start off. Uh, I have the first pick, which is the Texans. And I'm going to go with the guy who I think Nick and I have as QB one in this class. I'm assuming this, the Sean Watson situation, he gets traded in our team or, or whatever happens with him. I'm taking Spencer Rattler, the quarterback from Oklahoma, uh, I think he's the next Oklahoma quarterback to be a first overall pick after Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. Uh, he's just a special player outside of structure, outside the pocket. I love Spencer Rattler. Uh, Zach Wilson comp for me. I think he's going to be a really good quarterback in the NFL. I don't think he's as good as Lawrence or Fields as of right now, but I think he's on the same tier of Zach Wilson. And, you know, that last year's quarterback class was so special. So I'm taking Spencer Rattler here at number one for the Texans. So in the Lions picking second, um, we don't know for certain if they're going to take a QB, but if it's up to us, I think all of us would take a quarterback here. And Sam Howell from North Carolina is our, uh, for all of us, either the one or two QB on this board. 
Um, and I think it's a good fit with this team just because uh, the O-line and the run game, I believe DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams is going to be a good one-two punch at running back. And the run game should be good. With that, I think his ability to create as a as a play-action passer um, kind of within that structure it could be very successful at the NFL level um, and actually works out quite well for the Lions in this case. All right, third overall pick, we got the Bengals. I think the first two picks, Rattler and Howell, were kind of uh, automatic, at least for this group. They were going to be one or two in whatever order, so this is kind of where the draft would start to open up. Um, you know, I, I think they need corner over in Cincy. So, uh, you know, Derek Stingley, we made a video on him. Go check him out in whatever corner that is. Uh, I don't know the directions. Um, yeah, uh, unreal talent. Um, probably the best non-quarterback in this class. You can maybe talk about Cal Hamilton. But, yeah, Derek Stingley is awesome. Uh, he would immediately start for that team and help them out in, in a tremendous way. So, yeah, Derek Stingley, third overall. Yeah, just real quick. So this is what we would do, not what we think is going to happen. Because obviously, we don't know what the heck's going to happen with without a draft <laughs> order. This is what we think we would do as the GM with this draft order. So I go fourth. Tate stole my pick. I was Ooh. very much hoping he was going to take uh, someone else for the Bengals because I would have loved seeing me on the Jets, who have the fourth pick. Uh, but instead, I'm going to go with the guy who's number four on my board. So this draft has gone how my board is, which is one, two, three. This guy's number four on my board. Safety out of Notre Dame, Kyle Hamilton. We also did a video on him. Uh, you know, they have Marcus May there, but he's on a franchise tag. Don't know if he's going to be brought back. But even if he is brought back, don't love Ashton Davis, what he's shown so far. I think, you know, they need a lot of help in the secondary. I wouldn't take Kyrie Elam here at four. And I think the Jets could really use someone like Kyle Hamilton to be that versatile chess piece in that defense. Just made PJ very happy. Um <laughs> So first kind of like crossroads in this draft, I think at least, uh, is Jacksonville, who's picking fifth. And we don't really know for certain what defense Urban Meyer's running over there, but from what it seems, it's like some sort of attacking multiple front type thing um, where they're going to play these outside linebacker type edge players. Um, and they have Clavon Chason and, and Josh Allen there. And I'm kind of betting on them developing a little bit. So with the discussions between Kayvon and DeMarvin Leal to play edge here for Jacksonville. I don't think they need another outside guy, and I don't think Kayvon's that much better than Leal that I would force taking him here as another rotational edge player when you can play Leal kind of as the down 3-4 defensive end. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take DeMarvin Leal just because it's a better fit, and I don't think – I think he's more equal of a player to Kayvon than people think, um, and I just think the fit here is better for Jacksonville. So they get him – they put him kind of more of an interior role and keep Allen and Chase on as the outs, as the uh, exterior rushers there. All right, we got uh, the Las Vegas Raiders now on the clock at six. Um, I'm keeping the scouting report chain going. Uh, all five players previously we've done a scouting report on. I'm going to keep the chain going, keep it alive. We're going Evan Neal, offensive lineman, Alabama. You know, they. I think they need offensive line help. There's a couple of guys whose contracts are expiring. Evan Neal, we talked about him, is uh, an amazing talent. Um, and whether he year one would play guard and then move out to tackle in like a, a later year, that's remained to be seen. Um, Viking Skull is going to be in the comments all mad about taking an interior guy in, you know, top six. Um, but I don't care. Evan Neal is awesome uh, and can help out that team for years to come. How about this? Uh, last year, we hated the Raiders taking the Alabama tackle. In yeah. the first round, Alex Leatherwood. Now they take another one in Evan Neal. Uh, yeah, I don't hate that at all. Yeah, much better pick. Um, <laughs> so then we got me up here with the Eagles. 
I would hope they would try and move, uh, what's his name, Leatherwood in the guard and then put Neil at right tackle, actually. <laughs> but, you know, I, say, I, hate, I hate the Eagles here at seven, man. I feel like they're only, they should be the number three team in this <laughs> squad, but we'll see. I, mean, I, don't I know. could see them moving around. Yeah, I think Jacksonville's probably better than them. Mm-hmm. I think they're kind of like the, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we got him seven. They need a quarter. Like I, like Jalen Hurts could be very good, but like if he is, they're not picking seventh. So in this simulation here, <laughs> they're picking seventh. They need a quarterback. Sorry, Eagles fans. And you shouldn't be upset because I'm upset because I have to give them Matt Corral, who I think Tate thinks Max I think thinks is an excellent quarterback prospect mm-hmm. in this draft. Should go in the first round. This is probably higher than you've seen most people mock him, but I think in his ability to kind of create outside the pocket, within the pocket underrated legs, throw down field with timing, with accuracy, anticipation, make all the throws. I think he will be QB3 in this draft. There are reports saying that the league does like him. Even some people like him more than Rattler and Howell, which I don't know about, but we'll see. Um, (laughs) But I think this is a good fit in that he is kind of like Hurts, except for he can actually throw the ball. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) I'm up with Carolina at, uh, at eight. And I'm sure everyone who's watched this video so far is like, dude, where is Kayvon Thibodeau? Because a lot of people think he should be the first overall pick, which none of us think should happen. Just how the board um, fell, fell. Yeah, it's yeah. just the, the board got weird. I'm going to stop the slide here with Kayvon Thibodeau. You know, they have Brian Burns, who I love. Yitor Gross Matos, my Penn State guy, wasn't really, you know, great so far. So I'm taking Thibodeau. I mean, he's the number five player on my board. We did a video on him, so check him out, too. It's just just too much value here, I think, at number eight overall. Uh, and, you know, Carolina, I think, you know, even with J.C. Orman, use some help in the secondary, but I'm taking Kayvon Thibodeau just because I, I love the fit here with Carolina opposite Brian Burns, who I think, Nick, you compared him to, right? Didn't you compare him to? Yeah, yeah. so, yeah, I think Kayvon Thibodeau would be a really fun fit, yeah, in Carolina. Uh, if Thibodeau was on the board here at nine for the Giants, I probably would have run the card in, even though they took Aziz Ojolari in last year's first round. Um, yeah, we, we kind of hit the point here where I got a little stumped about what to do. Um, ended up going with Charles Cross, offensive tackle, Mississippi State. Uh, again, another offensive line that I thought needed help, uh, at least in the draft, and the Giants did not address uh, their offensive line with even one pick, I believe, in this year's or this past year's draft class. Um, probably a bit of a reach for Charles Cross at this point. Um, this whole offensive line class, there's so many guys that you just like, we really got to see what they do this coming fall. They could either make the jump and be really, really good and go up in this range, or they could just like be whatever and go in the back end of the first round. A lot of guys that are, are like that. Charles Cross is one of them, probably a reach. Um, but yeah, we're going here. Charles Cross. Uh, so 10th here with the Falcons. I love this pick for Atlanta too. I know they just took H.E. Terrell a couple of years ago in the first round, but man, Kyrie Elam, who's my number six overall player on my board right now. I think he would be really, really good opposite AJ Terrell, who so far has been okay. I'm not saying he's been great or bad. He's just been okay. But other than him, you got Isaiah Oliver, Fabian Morrow, and as the other two corners. I mean, that Falcons secondary, I'd like Richie Grant, that pick there as a safety, but their corners and their secondary in whole could use a lot of help. So I love, love, love Kyrie Elam falling to 10. So it's a great value at 10, and also it fits a huge need for Atlanta. So I love Kyrie Elam there. 
Uh, and then the Giants are back on the board. Um, so while I was in my mind trying to debate what to do with the ninth overall pick, I also had to worry about the 11th overall pick that was coming uh, immediately after. Um, and we're keeping the Dave Gettleman loves big boys train alive. We're going Tyler Linderbaum, the best interior offensive lineman in this class out of Iowa. Um, Viking skull. If you were mad at me taking an interior offensive lineman in quotes at six, I'm doing it again at 11. Uh, sorry. Hope you're good. Hope the family's good. Hope you're doing well. Um, but I'm doubling down. We got Charles Cross and Tyler Linderbaum. We're fixing the offensive line, um, keeping Saquon upright and trying to whoever's playing quarterback next year for the Giants. Um, yeah, we're getting some help. I just say Linderbaum at 11 is perfect. Like, I, I love that. Like, I, people can say interior offensive line, not that high, but man, he is like maybe the best. It's Quentin Nelson that we've seen come out. So I love Linderbaum that high. I would argue he should have been the pick at nine. I mean, you know. Yeah, but honestly. Yeah. Center, sure. Yeah. I mean, center more valuable than guard, you know. I mean, <laughs> it just is. So that, that's my refute to the interior offensive line thing. Twelfth, uh, we got Washington. Uh, I just we gave each other our own teams this time because it's just our, you know, we're kind of projecting into the future. So I figured that each of us would know best for our teams. So I gave Max the Steelers and Tate the Browns, uh, and me Washington. So we got them. I'm gonna give us Malik Willis, quarterback from Liberty, maybe a little early. I think he is a developmental prospect. Obviously, athletically very gifted, kind of like Trey Lance, uh, but on a, a lesser scale. Um, and reportedly last year, Washington wanted to trade up for a QB, couldn't because the guy that Ron Rivera really loved was Trey Lance. And based on that, um, I'm guessing just because he had Cam Newton for years, he loves the toolsy run between the tackles type quarterback. And you got that, I think, again, here with Malik Willis. So if he's there, I would be I'd be not surprised if Ron Rivera valued him as a prospect. All right, and now speaking of Vikings skull, we got the Vikings on the clock. Um, I'm going with, I was hold on, lost my, uh, Nick Benito, excuse me, uh, Oklahoma Edge, kind of on the skinnier end, um, and by kinda I mean pretty much on the skinnier end. He's uh, <laughs> under 240 pounds, 235 yeah, or something. Yeah. Oh, okay, great. Um, yeah, it's a bit skinny. Maybe put on some weight, yeah. Nick. Uh, you might sacrifice some explosiveness, but yeah, man, last year was unreal. He was a special player last year for Oklahoma. Um, and if he can double down and do that again and add on a little weight and perform on that new weight, uh, yeah, he would be very deserving at 13. I've heard a lot of people talk about him playing a uh, linebacker at the next level, which I mean, obviously the value would go down, but I mean, he's played in coverage pretty well before. So I don't know if he can't put on the weight, talk. I don't hate that. I don't hate that. Um, so 14 here, Arizona. So Rondale Moore has been murdering it in training camp, which I know Nick loves seeing on the timeline every day. But I still think this team could go after trying to find a number two receiver because A.J. Green obviously is getting up there in age. Christian Kirk, I don't love either. I think Rondell Moore will take over that slot role. The guy who I have is my number one receiver. And again, this is a great value. I think he's number eight on my board or number nine on my board right now is Garrett Wilson, the wide receiver from Ohio State who is an excellent route runner. He's got all the you know tools before the catch. He's good in contest situations. Got to get a little bit bigger. I think he's only 188 pounds at six feet tall. So get a little bit bigger. Um, but, man, I love Garrett Wilson and what he does, especially as a route runner. And he gets open, which is what you need at the next level. I, com I compared him to Jerry Judy. I don't think he's as great of a route runner as Judy was coming out. But that's kind of the role I see him having in the NFL is that Judy-type role. So here at 14, I think wide receiver one would be a great fit for Arizona. So if he's their wide receiver two, does that mean DeAndre's their wide receiver three? 
Didn't I say uh, Garrett will be wide receiver too? Yeah. Behind so DeAndre. Then, but right DeAndre after complimenting Rondell Moore. Because Rondell's one, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's, I was so confused there for a second. Yeah, so DeAndre Hopkins <laughs> now wide receiver three for Arizona. That's what okay. I'm saying. Okay, <laughs> Glad we can find right. that. So Denver's up. Um, Juwan James signing just didn't happen, didn't work out. Bobby Massey is their current like one-year plug-in for right tackle. Um, so they're going to need somebody there. Um, if I'm not mistaken, they don't have someone else on that roster right now playing tackle, right? I, I don't. I might be wrong about this, but we're going to give them Jackson Kirkland, who for me is tackle two in this draft. But there are concerns. This guy out of Washington, uh, he's six seven, so good height, but he is undersized. He's below 300 pounds. He is agile, good footwork, stays well in front of people, well balanced in the pass game. He's great pass protector, um, but in the run game, he has no power ups. There's just no power. There's no ability to move defenders, and I think he needs to add weight in, in, to get to be successful in the NFL. But in terms of being a pass-first blocker in this in the NFL, which is what matters, um, he can work out. And I think maybe giving him that right tackle spot to start out in the NFL is where he needs to be, just because he'll be playing lesser edge rushers. All right, keeping the train alive of these tackles that are in a poised to either jump up or just stay on the kind of the back end of the first round the Colts are on the clock at 16 I'm going Thayer Munford from the Ohio State I uh, took a big step up last year in the limited season that was the Big Ten Ohio State season um, only allowed a couple pressures honestly uh, you watch the tape he was excellent he, he's a little limited mobility wise um, but he, he performs if he, if he makes it work he makes it work uh is he actually going to go 16 down you know the road in a couple months maybe not but he, he very well could if he has another excellent season uh and backs up his good 2020 yeah those those two were my uh my picks for the steelers here the steelers offensive line is awful and i i think there's a big drop off after those two tackles and evan neal that we mentioned before uh and the next tackle so i didn't want to go off as a line here I was so close, man, to pulling the trigger and Grayson McCall here for the Steelers. Just just get my guy in there in Pittsburgh. Couldn't do that either, though. Uh, I'm going to go with a corner because the Steelers just lost Steven Nelson. They just lost Mike Hilton. Uh, you got Joe Hayden, Cam Sutton, and Justin Lane as three corners right now. So the Steelers front seven, which is great. Secondary, not so great. So I'm going with the corner, the next corner on my board, who's right around this range for me, too. Ahmad Sauce Gardner. The corner from Cincinnati, great length. He is has been excellent in two years in Cincinnati so far. The issue with him and that he's going to clean up is that he's a very, very physical corner. And usually that's a great thing, but he kind of goes overboard with it where he's probably going to get flagged a ton at the NFL. So this is right around the range where I would take him. He's got to become you know, better in off coverage and not be as physical down the field because he will be flagged a lot more in the NFL with the rules different in the NFL. But I like this uh, pick from the Steelers here if there is no offensive lineman available. So 18th of the Eagles, we grabbed the quarterback earlier. We're going to continue to get on receiving talent. I know they have uh, Devontae Smith. Uh, Travis Fulgham's an interesting guy if he continues to develop. And Jalen Rager, we'll see. I didn't love Rager year one, so I'm going to continue to add to that and give them another deep threat here in Chris Olave from Ohio State. Uh, take comparing to Terry McLaurin last year. I think it's a good comparison. I think he has the ability to get open downfield, the technical route running ability, um, you know, the top of routes when he's, when he's, you know, trying to fool defenders into, you know, if he's going deep or if he's coming back for a comeback route, he does a very good job of using head fakes and his hips to, to show either. Um, 
you know, he needs to work on his yak ability. He needs to add to his frame a little bit. He's a little small. But I think at the moment, he is wide receiver, too, for me behind Wilson. And the Eagles uh, need more help there. Chris Olave was a first-round receiver in 2020. Um, yeah. Or 2021. And here we are talking about 2022. Uh, anyways, uh, thank you, both of you, for taking the two people that I wanted to take now at 19 for the Patriots. Uh, it was either Gardner or Olave. And I was like, there's no way you guys are going to take both of them in the span of these two picks. <laughs> Uh, well, it happened. Okay, um, so I'm going George Pickens. Uh, Torres ACL in March, so it's remaining to be seen how healthy he is this season uh, and how his draft stock is affected accordingly. Uh, we are hoping for a best-case scenario where he is, you know, healthy, plays a good amount, shows the knees good, and he plays well. Uh, and, yeah, he's going to go at 19, help out Mac Jones. That wide receiver core is pretty dire. So, uh, yeah, he is awesome. Big George Pickens guy, but uh, yeah, yeah. Not as big as Chris Olave guy, but yeah, George Pickens. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if George Pickens comes back, man, he can be really good and, and should be a first-round pick, honestly. Uh, Chargers at 20. Chargers are interesting because now they're kind of a defensive-minded team under Brandon Staley. And you look at that team and you say, okay, you got two superstars uh, in Joey Bosa and Derwin James. But other than that, man, there's a lot of unproven guys on that defense uh, I like what they got in Asante Samuel Jr. in the second round. I think it would be a good player for them. I still think they could use some help at corner because you got Michael Davis and Chris Harris Jr. is really getting up there in age. So I'm going to go with a, another corner who's, I think, a good value here at 20, and that's Trent McDuffie, the corner from Washington. Very physical corner, probably the best run-defending and tackling corner in this class. Really, really good in zone coverage. Uh, not as good in man coverage, but he, he's capable in man coverage. But I like Trent McDuffie a lot, man. He's a, he's a fun player to watch on tape. So I think he'd fit in that L.A. defense pretty well next to uh, Asante Samuel Jr. and Derwin James in the back end. 21, Dallas. Um, I know they just added a bunch of safeties, but, I, you know, I don't know if the Dan Quinn thing's going to last. I, I, the cover three <laughs> is just a weird thing in the NFL where, it, you know, you're, you're, you get, you're adding an extra defender to the box to, to defend the run in a league that is moving more and more away from the run. So, you know, I'm going to continue to mock this team as if if I were running them, I want to defend against the pass more. So we're going to give him a safety here. Jordan Battle from Alabama, who I think, um, although he didn't get targeted a lot last year, I think a lot of that is because he's a really smart player. He plays every level of the defense. He can play box, slot, uh, and free safety. He's played about split snaps for all. His route recognition, his intelligence in terms of, you know, you know, here's a guy running a crossing route. There's another cross coming. You know, there's a, there's a mesh route, so I need to jump the other one to make sure that he's not open. Is about as good as I've seen from a safety prospect. Um, I think he needs to get a little bit better in terms of tackling and a couple other things. But uh, in terms of the route recognition ability and coverage ability, there he is up there. And for me, you know, if he makes a little a few more plays on the ball this year, he can move up the board. But I think he's safety two for me and would be a valuable pick for Dallas as a guy who can do a little bit of everything in that defense. All right, we got 22. We got the New Orleans Saints now, uh, who every single one of their wide receivers, except for Michael Thomas and Kawan Baker, are free agents after this coming year. So they have some work to do on that end, and I'll help them out by adding Traylon Burks from Arkansas, 6'3", big boy. Um, physical, he's got pretty good speed, uh, you know, for his size, the, the qualifier there, not, you know, Henry Ruggs. Um, but yeah, uh, good at the catch point. Physical guy uh, will help out that team and, and, you know, who remain to be seen who they resigned. But yeah, Traylon Burks, 22 to the Saints. 
Dude, he's huge too. He's like 230, he's, right? He's like a tight end size and he's still like really athletic. He looks like a running back playing wide receiver. Yeah, when I was basically. watching his tape, I was like, oh, is he a tight end? Are we sure about this? But yeah, I, you know, hey. He can run, work. man. No, he should run like low four fours, which is like freaky for that size. So I like Traylon Burks a lot. Yeah, he's fun. Uh, Titans, Harold Landry's contracts running out. Uh, they need help. I don't think Blood <laughs> Dupree and Danico Autry really fixed their pass rush, uh, you know. Uh, so, and they need that speed rusher to place Harold Landry. And I think Brenton Cox Jr. is just a better, smarter football IQ version of Harold Landry. Uh, so I think adding him there on the other side of Bud Dupree could actually be a very good uh, edge rushing duo. And I think he fits well into that 340 defense and he'll he'll be a boost for them in terms of pass rush. All right, so 24, the, the Jets with their second pick from Seattle from that Jamal Adams trade. Um, this is tough because I, I really, I, I took Kyle Hamilton already. I really want to get a corner for them. I might have screwed myself by taking Trent McDuffie to the Chargers. Um, so I'm going to go with an edge for the Jets, who I know they got Carl Lawson in there and John Franklin Myers, who isn't great. So I'm going to give them Kingsley Nagbear, the edge from South Carolina, who is really freaky. He's a freak athlete. He goes 100% every single play. He's just got to kind of play under control more. Uh, I know Mike Renner from PFF loves him. I think he's got him as a top 10 player on his board right now or very close to it. I don't think he's nearly that high for me, but I think at 24 here, if you're you know taking a chance on a guy, I like Kingsley and Agbury. He's got to play more under control, like I said, but man, his tools are are special at the edge position. Yeah, he, goes, uh, he has a nickname, JJ. Don't know where it's from. Still need to do some research on that, but you know, hey, just a fun thing to add in. JJ, we got the Browns now, 25, uh, my team. Uh, and again, like we talked about with the George Pickens pick, we're in kind of an ideal world where, like, things, you know, work out. Um, and I'm hoping the Javadion Clowney thing, like, works out. Uh, I don't know if we re-sign him then. I think it's only, it's only a one-year deal. And if he plays well across from Miles Garrett, which I think could very reasonably happen, uh, he would go off and sign with some other team. And then we maybe would have a hole at edge, um, depending on how... Curtis Weaver and Jordan Elliott kind of, you know, work out two of our guys from 2019, 2020, the 2020 class. Um, so anyways, I'm going Zach Harrison uh, from the Ohio State. Cleveland Browns picking a the Ohio State guy. But what happened? To him, <laughs> that's that's you know? the most Tate Sigworth pick of all time. Man. This is this is probably <laughs> if you want to call me a homer, yeah, this is the time to do it, folks. Um <laughs> Zach Harrison's a, a pretty explosive, speedy guy uh, off the edge. You got to love it. Um Five-star pedigree, form of the pedigree. I mean, it's just the perfect combination of stuff for me in this August mock. You know, you got the Browns, you got Ohio State, you got pedigree. What what would better fit? I like Zach Harrison, too. I think that's like, I actually think that's a pretty good pick. Oh, well, thank you, Max. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm not a total homer. I'm, just, I'm not going to comment because I might have taken the Michigan guy first, but, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> shut your mouth. That's, that's a sore <laughs> subject. Uh, the Lions, we, you know... Basically everything is needed. Uh, <laughs> we gave him a quarterback. The sad thing is the highest player on my board at this point is a tight end, and they really <laughs> it's like the one thing they don't need. <laughs> so <laughs> we're gonna give him Jaquan Briskers. Continue the safety thing. Penn State uh, guy who I think in terms of box safety is excellent. I think you could have a Jamal Adams type impact in terms of pass rush and playing in the box. Um, and then I think he in coverage shows the ability to make those plays that really make a difference in terms of interceptions, tip passes, uh, kind of being physical with tight ends. The issue I have with him is they play him at free safety a lot at Penn State, which is good. I think you want to be playing there because that's, you know, 
a valuable spot on the defense. You want to be able to move around your safeties. But he has trouble recognizing when the ball is being thrown. I think he just – I don't know if he watches the quarterback's eyes that well because you see balls get thrown to the corner route to the, to the flag, and he's just so late getting over at times. That's my one issue with him. Um, but if he can speed up that play recognition, he could be a good coverage player as well. Um, not that he's bad at coverage. It's just there's a couple of things there he needs to work on and could be a starting point for a Lions defense that needs uh, quite a bit. Yeah, I like I like Jaquan Brosker a lot. He might be the best box safety in this draft. And oh, you know, do he, you, Max? Do he's you? Good. Hmm. Yeah, he is, he's the only maybe good player in Penn State right now, which is tough. Um, so, yeah, I like Jaquan Brosker a lot. Miami here at 27. This is uh, this is for Martina Davies, who has been commenting on a lot of our videos, who constantly is like, why are you guys hating on Tua so much? Well, I thought about you, Martina, because I really, really was so close to taking uh, Grayson McCall here at 27. And I, I thought about it, and I was like, oh, do I do it? Do I not do it? I didn't do it. I didn't do it. This is from the 49ers pick, by the way. This is not saying Miami's going to be that good with the 27th overall pick. Uh, so I'm taking – they need offensive line really badly. I don't like Austin Jackson at all. I know they took Liam Eikenberg, but I don't know if he's going to be the long-term guy. Uh, left tackle, maybe an inside player. Don't know if this guy will be a long-term play either, but Abraham Lucas I like a lot. The tackle from Washington State, he's a really good pass protector. Um, they play in a very pro-style offense at Washington State now where you get a lot of true pass sets out of him. And I like Abraham Lucas a lot. Uh, he's not a great run blocker. He is huge, though. He's 328 pounds. I just think that, you know, Miami really needs help in the O-line, and I'm not giving up on Tua yet. I was close to taking Grayson McCall because I love him. I'm not doing it yet. I'm taking Abraham Lucas to further help Tua develop, and then year three, man, year three is do or die for Tua, depending on how this year goes, obviously. The reason we dog on Tua is because he throws it the wrong hand. Um, We've been over this. It's the yeah. devil's hand. Left hand just don't work in the NFL. Anyways, uh, Abraham Lucas, 6'7", 330 pounds, just Mackay Becton, 2.0. Um, moving on to, excuse me, the Ravens at 28. Uh, if you thought I had drafted enough interior offensive linemen at this point in the draft, you are sorely mistaken because I'm going Kenyon Green, who is moving to tackle this year, but has, I believe, played two years of guard at Texas A&M. Uh, a little undersized at, at 6'4". But 330 pounds, he's kind of thick. So he's got an interesting frame. Um, he could move inside. He could play outside, depending on how the Ravens want to use him. Um, yeah, and just another one of these guys that could go way up or he could go down. He's just kind of poised in this late round area of the first round. Uh, Rain to be seen how he plays this fall. Packers are next. Uh, it's completely unrealistic, but I couldn't say that a quarterback didn't cross my mind at this point. Grayson McCall, baby. <laughs> Just because I don't know that. Uh, I mean, I think we're probably a little low on Jordan Love. All of everyone is, but you know, we'll we'll see. Uh, so I'm gonna pick a guy that I like in this draft. Demarvian Overshone is a linebacker at Texas who just does a little bit of everything. He's just a freak. He's six four, uh, two fifteen, I think, something like that. Just big, um, two seventeen, uh, and he can do a little bit of everything. He's got speed. He's got power. He's just this guy who's just all over the field at all times, kind of plays like a box safety, even though he is like a middle linebacker. He'll cover for you, you know, against tight ends. And he has like a bad tackling. Uh, I think his he, he has a lot of missed tackles, but it's because he gets himself in position all the time where he's like making these diving late effort, like sliding shoestring tackle attempts and doesn't always make all of them, but some of them he makes. And it's like, there's no other player on the field who can make that play. So he is just, a physical 
nightmare for some defenses is if you get the right coaching staff around him and really build him up as a player, he could be a frightening player at the next level. All right, so I've got the Bills here at 30, and Buffalo was tough, man. Obviously, any team down here is tough because they're obviously really good teams. Uh, Buffalo didn't really run the ball or defend the run really well, so I was looking at interior offensive line. There wasn't anyone besides Litterbaum I think is worth taking first round. You're welcome um, for that, Max. Yeah, I, I was hoping Litterbaum would fall to 30 here for Buffalo. Uh, but you look at the D-tackle class uh, after DeMarvin Leal, unfortunately he was taken before pick 30, way before pick 30. So I, I kind of was looking elsewhere. I didn't want to take a running back, even though I like Brees Hall a lot. So I'm going to go with Tyke Smith, the corner slash safety, who's now playing at Georgia from West Virginia. He is awesome, man. And I think Buffalo needs some help in that secondary. I liked Travis White a ton. But you got Teron Johnson in the slot, who I don't think is very good at all. You put him there with Tredavious White, Levi Wallace, who I think is, is decent. I really like that secondary for Buffalo. You still have Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, who is one of the best safety duos in the NFL. So you could play Tyke Smith in the slot, play him uh, in at safety. Either way, man, he's a really, really good player. So I like Tyke Smith in, uh, in Buffalo a lot. All right. And Nick, you mentioned that Michigan guy when the Browns pick was up at 25. We got the Bucks now at 31. I'm going Aiden Hutchinson. I'm canceling, trying to cancel out all of my Homer picks. I think like the three Ohio State guys I drafted in the first round in this mock. Um, yeah, hurt his foot, broke his ankle. I don't actually remember the exact injury, but he, he missed the end of 2020 um, mm -hmm. and then did not uh, come out for the 2021 draft. So he's back. Uh, he probably would have been an early second round pick in this past draft class uh, if he had stayed. And the Bucks, uh, William Golston's going to be a free agent. GPP is going to be a free agent. And Dominican Sue is going to be a free agent. So they need some kind of, you know, edge D end threat. Um, and Aiden Hutchinson sitting here at 31 again, best case scenario with Pickens, uh, and with, um, uh, sorry, what was the other guy I was talking about injuries with Zach Harrison? I don't know. I can't remember. I have a, the memory of a goldfish. Um, but yeah, hoping Aiden Hutchinson's, you know, healthy, everything's healed, nothing, you know, no re-injuries, yada, yada. Um, and he goes here at 31 for the bucks. Do you like Joe Tryon a lot? I, well, I, him I and like Joe Tryon, I, I, you know, he, he, him and Joe Tryon no, lining can, up next to each yeah, other could be yeah. very dynamic. Mm -hmm. I'm not certain either of them really fit into like that outside linebacker or three, four down rule either. So it's like, that'd be funny. I don't know. I don't know what you do there. I'll, I'll do I like it though. Move them around, see what happens. You know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, Chiefs at 32. I already kind of uh, foreshadowed this. Uh, I had a tight end number one on my board for a little bit here. Jalen Weidermeyer, I think, is shows flashes at that next level. I think he's a fine pass blocker, has the speed and athleticism to really separate himself as a tight end the next in the NFL. I don't think he's a Kyle Pitts type talent, but could he be like a Noah Fant? Yes. Um, and I think when you look at Andy Reid's pass, he does like writing two tight, using two tight end sets in his offenses. They've tried to get more power in this past year. They ran the ball a lot more with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, and I think adding a second good tight end of that offense, you'd still use Travis Kelce as your number one, obviously. Uh, and then you put in Jalen Weidermeyer and you get yourself a really nice two options there on the outside. I think they need help at pass catcher as is. I don't really trust Miko Hardman as a number two receiver at the moment. Corn uh, Powell might be getting some snaps, for example. Um, and and Weidermeyer is the guy who uh, could step in and really elevate this, this passing game if you get him in at 32 here. All right. So that's what we got for the first Boomer Bust 2022 
mock draft, please let us know who was left out. Like, was Keaton Slovis wasn't picked in this mock draft. Uh, there are a few others. Adam Anderson, I know people love the Georgia Edge, wasn't picked in this mock draft either. So please let us know who was left out. Do you like your team's pick? Um, who went too high? Who went too low? Please let us know below. Please check out the merch store. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Boom or Bust Draft. And of course, please go to manscaped.com and use the promo code BoomerBust, BoomerBust, all caps, no spaces, for 20% off and free shipping. So for Tate Sigworth and Nick Miriam, I'm Max Chadwick. Have a great night.